The history of college football is so priceless, most is kept in a vault. But now we go where few have ventured with the gatekeeper, right here. It's time for the College Football Legends Podcast. The players. We're going to hit somebody and we're taking down the field for a touchdown. I guarantee you that. The coaches. No man is more important than the team. No coach is more important than the team. The plays. There goes Davis. Oh, my God. Davis is going to run it all the way back. And so much more. College football legends. Heroes come and go, but legends live forever. Believe in college football legends on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Chris Smith. The NFL season is in full swing, and even though you might not be at the game, you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any other place online. Plus, there's always that online casino as well. The best part about it, it never closes. You can play 24 7. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. With over a million pieces of memorabilia, 50-plus exhibits and interactive experiences, the 95,000-square-foot College Football Hall of Fame is a nirvana for football fans. But only a select few get to lay eyes on the holy grail of college football history. It's located in the hall's secret archive room known as The Vault. Well, the person who could unlock that extensive collection of artifacts, books, photos, artworks, and publications is my special guest on the show, Jeremy Swick, the historian and curator for the Chick-fil-A College Football Hall of Fame. Thanks for joining me today, Jeremy. Thank you, Chris. Great to be here. All right, let's talk about the rich history of college football, beginning with the National Football Foundation and establishing the Hall of Fame? Well, the NFF, or National Football Foundation, was founded, uh, really they founded the Hall of Fame even before there was a Hall of Fame. Uh, Really starting the inaugural class in 1951 and really just moving on from there, just trying to find ways to really honor and preserve the legacy of College Football Hall of Fame players and coaches. Now, it's actually a, a pretty small group that gets inducted in the Hall of Fame. What are the percentages? Uh, the percentages are fairly small, um, really less than almost 1% of everyone who has played college football is inducted. Wow. What are the qualifications for the players and coaches to get into the hall? Their criteria for induction is pretty rigorous. A player must have received a major first-team All-America recognition, and that's one of the things we look at first and most importantly. Uh, They also become eligible for induction 10 years after their last intercollegiate football game. Their football achievements are considered first, but the post-football record as a citizen is also heavily weighed. Players must have played their last intercollegiate game of football in the last 50 years. The nominee must have ended his professional athletic career prior to the time of nomination. And then coaches must have at least 10 years of head coaching experience and coached 100 games and had at least a .600 winning percentage. And uh, just a side note, the eligibilities have slightly changed over time as we developed and evolved. Wow, now I can understand why just a small percentage get in with those qualifications. What team has the most Hall of Famers there? Currently, the the team with the most Hall of Famers is Notre Dame. Ah, the Fighting Irish. They'll be happy to hear about that. 
So tell me a little bit about your role at the Chick-fil-A College Football Hall of Fame. My role as historian and curator is really to be the keeper of the stories. I really get I really get the task and the job and the obligation to really share not only the stories of the past, present, and future, but also preserve the physical artifacts at the Hall of Fame. Uh, part of my job is to document and archive not only our current collection, but also go out there and actively recruit and uh, develop new new donation avenues and new ways to tell stories. That's fantastic. You got a lot on your plate there. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Uh, okay, so let's run into the exhibits. The College Football Hall of Fame, it's, it's magnificent. It's almost 95,000 square feet, including over 50,000 of exhibit space. So you're really telling stories through the memorabilia. What's your favorite story to tell? It's tough because uh, I don't know if I can pick an absolute favorite, but one of the things I really love that we do is we integrate both technology and, and the history of the game. Uh, one of the things I find really interesting is uh, we have a really excellent rivalry section that highlights some of the greatest rivalries in college football including one of my personal favorite, an actual one of the axes from the Wisconsin-Minnesota rivalry. It was donated to us in 1999 when they actually filled up the axe. They ran out of room, so they needed to retire that axe and bring us a new one. Wow, so when you're putting together an exhibit uh, such as a new Hall of Fame class, do the players and the schools donate the jerseys, awards, and other memorabilia? Absolutely. That's one of the parts I'm tasked with is when we come and develop and showcase our new exhibit, I reach out to the Hall of Famers and or the schools in which they attended. And oftentimes it's items from their own personal collections or the school's personal collections that either they donate to us or they give us on loan. And how often do you rotate those displays? We try to rotate the temporary exhibit about every four to five months, typically four, uh, just trying to find something new. We always obviously include the incoming Hall of Fame class, but the other exhibits kind of rotate as, as we see fit. For example, during the Super Bowl, we did a Super Bowl exhibit uh, that really highlighted Hall of Famers that played or participated in the Super Bowl. Uh, we talked about one of the greatest coaches of all time, Vince Lombardi, and his experience before he was the coach of the 13-time world champion Green Bay Packers, he also was a lineman at Fordham, part of their seven blocks of granite. Wow. And you got that Packers in there. I know, I know you're absolutely. a huge fan. <laughs> yes, a absolutely. We're talking with Jeremy Swick, the historian and curator for the Chick-fil-A College Football Hall of Fame. And we're talking about where college football legends live. What is one of the ex exhibits that you're most proud of that's still displayed? Uh, one of the ones I'm most proud of, I would have to say it's actually the one, it's probably a Red Grange jersey. Uh, we have an original Red Grange jersey wow. that uh, it's still on display. We keep it on display. It's it's one of my favorite pieces in our collection. Have you had any, any uh, athletes or members ask you to create something in their own homes or at the universities? It's funny that you mentioned that. Actually, I've had a few different uh Athletes talk to me about just ideas that they can do within their own homes. Um, as you may have known, I collect a fair share of cards, among other things, in my own personal collection. So 
my friends always laugh that my my own house looks like a little mini museum. So I'm always <laughs> sharing ideas, and I know some of the athletes find it really interesting and how they can display some of their incredible collections. Yeah, you got to start selling tickets to your place. <laughs> and uh, one of my personal favorite exhibits is the the helmet wall. How many how many are actually displayed? I believe we have 775 different schools represented. So everyone from Division One to Division Three, NAIA, and everything in between. Wow, covers the entire gauntlet. So it's not just the stats on a plaque or having a jersey out. The hall is really interactive. Absolutely. One of the things first when you walk in, you are able to select your school. And at times we think at times visitors only think they can select their major state schools. But once they do some scrolling, they can find everyone from Wisconsin to the University of Wisconsin Eau Claire and everything in between. It creates that customization right off the bat. Once they enter, you can select you select your school and your helmet actually appears on the helmet wall and it lights up and then you you can, you can find it on the helmet wall. Our fan ambassadors do an amazing job. Uh, first, when they greet you and then just kind of show you how, how the Hall of Fame works. Um, from there, each visit or each exhibit you visit, the RFID chip in your badge actually customizes the experience for you. Your school will be represented throughout. Oh, that's fantastic. I and mean, what are the can't miss exhibits? Right from the beginning, you go through and you can see the different trophies that are awarded by the NCAA right on the second floor. Then you you can stop in and look at our game day theater, and it's about 10-minute video of about why we love college football. From there, you're able to travel and you see you can sing your school fight song. And one of my personal favorites is actually the college football game day desk, where you get to sit behind the desk and act. it's almost like you're there. You're the anchor. Yeah, I saw that. That's fantastic. And uh, what team has the most artifacts in the hall collectively? That is an interesting, that's an interesting question. I do not know off the top of my hand, but I would have to venture to guess it might be the Notre Dame Fighting Irish again. And solely because the fact that we were originally, well, our last stop was in South Bend, Indiana. And I know we acquired quite a bit of memorabilia from our time there. Oh, I'm sure if you're right there. And you're always in the process of metadata creation and cataloging game film and photos. How's that paid off? It's paid incredible dividends. I recently received a donation of about 500 photographs, um, mostly newswire photographs. And entering the metadata, it makes it a lot easier when I'm looking for a specific player. I can type their name in into our system, and it will show me who we all have and what photos we have. And then I can go and select those photos without even having to go in and touch the physical copies. Well, that must be great for uh, news organizations that call and eclipse or photos. What's the toughest one you had to find? The toughest one I had to find, Jack Hubbard. He was a halfback at Amherst from 1903 to 1906. He was one of our 1966 inductees. His family actually reached out, and unfortunately, we didn't have any memorabilia on him. However, I did some digging, and I definitely found some interesting photographs of his time, um, some newspaper clippings. I was able to scan that and then send that to the family. Oh, they must have loved that. Let's get into some artifacts and memorabilia that not on display. What is the vault? So the vault is one of the most interesting places that not everyone gets to see at the Hall of Fame. It's where we keep almost, not, I'd say, 90 to 95% of our memorabilia because we simply just don't have the room. 
uh, to put it on display at the actual Hall of Fame. It includes everything from fro- programs to historic footballs to historic jerseys and helmets. How many, uh, taking a guess, how many artifacts do you think are actually in the vault? I would say close to almost maybe hundreds of thousands of different pieces, everything. We have programs dating back to the near the, not the first game, but I believe our oldest program we have back there is 1873. Wow. So four years after college football started. Is So you would probably say that program is the oldest item you have in the vault? It is the oldest item we have in the vault, and it's one of the oldest pieces of memorabilia we have in general. So not that many people get to go back, but what the people you have taken back there, what was their favorite item? One of the favorite items is actually a box of dirt. It was a soil sample taken from the site of the first game. Wow. You never think it would be dirt. Well, that seems like a most unique item. Is there another unique item that you have back there? I know there's Notre Dame benches. Is there another unique item that uh, the people go crazy over? One of people's favorite items is actually a football from 1933. It was signed by uh, President Roosevelt. Um it was a game. The game was played between two military training stations, and it was for their league or their their championship. Unfortunately, Roosevelt knew he wouldn't be able to travel to the physical game, so he signed pre-signed a lot of these balls, and they were given out in commemoration of the team's victory. So it's really interesting because it has Roosevelt's signature, and then November of 1933, which is also his first year in office. Wow, that's a good piece right there. We're talking with Jeremy Swick, the historian and curator for the Chick-fil-A College Football Hall of Fame. I'm Chris Smith, and we're talking about where college football legends live. And on a podcast, we discuss legendary players, coaches, games, and more. With that in mind, if you could go back in time and be in the stands for a legendary matchup of rivals or a bowl game, which would it be? One of the things that have always piqued my interest would be the first game. The first game played in 1869. We have paintings of it. Obviously, we don't unfortunately have any photographs of that first game. But you can really see it looks like a picture of a Civil War battlefield. And part of that is because it wasn't too long after the Civil War. And the Heisman Trophy is one of the most legendary awards in all of, college, all of sports in general. And it mostly goes to a QB or running back. If you were building a team of any Heisman legend at those two positions, who would they be? Oh, that's an excellent question. I would say from my own, my own, and again, this is just my, my personal feelings. I would love, that's a, it's a tough question. Yeah. Well, who's your gunslinger? My gunslinger? I mean, one of the things from a leadership t- standpoint, uh, I think Tim Tebow did an excellent job of just running his team and really leading them to victory. Arguably could have won the Heisman twice, but everyone knows how difficult that has been since it's only been done once. Yeah, leadership qualities are, are a huge facet in for the uh, quarterback position. Uh, who would be your running back, your tailback behind him? Now, I might have to say this might be a little hometown bias. That's okay. <laughs> I, I I might have to go with uh, Wisconsin's Great Dane, Ron Dane. Oh, I don't think that many people can argue with a Great Dane being your back there. Tebow and Dane, oh, that's scary for opposing defenses. But if you could pick the legendary coach to lead that team, who would it be? Legendary coach, 
I would have to go old school there. I've always been fascinated with Newt Rockney, or properly pronounced Canute. Uh, he was, I mean, he was just an innovator in the game. And it's just amazing what he was able to do during his time at Notre Dame. And uh, one of the legendary aspects of college football are the uniforms. Oregon alone has over 500 different combinations for their uniforms. What's your uh, favorite helmet jersey combo that's either in an exhibit or in the vault? My favorite is actually it's an Air Force Academy 2016. Uh, the helmet is looks like the tail or sorry the nose of a plane it has the shark teeth it's just a really it's a really cool iconic iconic image yeah i I think i saw that in your social media and uh well you also contribute to the hall of fame social and content channels what's your uh, favorite piece that you've done one of my favorite pieces i just love sharing our stories in general it's actually one of the newer pieces we have it's a 1955 tops all-american set of cards it's signed the cards are signed by 77 of the possible 88 that could have signed in 1955 uh 12 had already passed away before 1955 so we have we have 77 of the 88 and that includes everyone from all four horsemen on one card to red grange well that would look good in your uh personal collection <laughs> absolutely <laughs> and uh, i encourage everybody to check out the vault tours and the friday field trip on the college football hall of fame social media platforms we're talking with jeremy swick the historian and curator for the chick-fil-a college football hall of fame we talked about people's favorite items that they saw in the vault and around the exhibits who was your favorite person that you took through the vault or the exhibits my favorite person i took through i would have to say i know i saw Corey wire was through he looked like he was he was motivated. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I would say Coy Wire was probably the one of the most uh, one of the most fun personalities to really take through the Hall of Fame and just show him some unique items that it's one of those things people do not get to see every day. Yeah, exactly. It's even uh, professional athletes love it. All right, it's time to go. Y'all ready for this? Three and out. Okay, it's time to go three and out with Jeremy Swick. Three lighter questions to close out our interview. All right, Jeremy, if you could take home one piece of memorabilia from the hall and it's all yours, what would it be? Uh, that's a great question. Um, one, of, one of my favorite pieces is probably our largest piece, one of our larger pieces. It is the benches from Notre Dame. Uh, just knowing the history behind them and just how historic, how historic those benches were, uh, that's up there. And it's also another one, just thinking off the top of my head, is the it's a warrior helmet that was given to coach eddie robinson for the game he played or took grambling state to play in tokyo um it's just an iconic it's a beautiful piece wow okay we'll let you take two then and number two what is the most interesting item in the building that isn't player or coach related most interesting most interesting item that is not player coach related I would have to say, I guess it's college football related. It is the MacArthur Bowl trophy. Um, it's been in existence since 1959, and each year we send it out to get engraved with the winner of the college football national championship. All right. Last but definitely not least, I'm a foodie, and since you went to school in Wisconsin, I thought you, I heard you throw out the Eau Claire, but now work in Atlanta, which is better. The chili dog at the Varsity in A-Town or the ch- any cheese curds anywhere in the Badger State? 
I have to again go hometown bias. We have to go cheese curds. Uh, the the pride of Eau Claire, uh, Dooley's Pub. We had nationally ranked cheese curds, and yes, that is a thing. And yes, we're very proud of it. Hey, I've had them in multiple locations there in Wisconsin, and let me tell you, they are the best. I'm glad you went with that. All right, we've been talking with Jeremy Swick, the historian and curator for the Chick-fil-A College Football Hall of Fame in Atlanta. Make sure you check out the website at cfbhall.com, on Twitter at cfbhall, and on Facebook, Instagram at the College Football Hall of Fame. Thanks again, Jeremy. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Believe in College Football Legends podcast. Make sure to check out all the prior episodes with Heisman winners, legendary coaches, and sports personalities reliving the greatest plays. You can tweet your questions at the Sports Jesus and join us next week because it will be legendary. <laughs>